you have a Bible this morning, let us turn to the Mark's account of the gospel. Mark chapter 4. beginning with verse 21. Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 21. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And everybody said, praise the Lord. I'd like to preach on this morning, nothing to hide. You may be seated, the Lord bless you. There are three accounts that are very similar not word for word, but very similar. One is found in Matthew chapter 5, and the other is found in Luke. And these accounts, <clears throat> these accounts, uh, Matthew 5 and here Mark 4 and Luke 11, these accounts talk to you about the same that I read to you. Like I said, a little variance in the wording. They have to do with people coming to Jesus Christ as he said come unto me and people who come unto him they come by the word people that are going to believe in him they believe on him as the scripture has said the scripture is shouting out to everybody if you please from every mountaintop and every rooftop from every place you have to listen to it you have to get an ear for it develop an appetite and a taste for it that you want truth. You want the truth and the righteousness that's contained within the Scriptures. The truth of the Scriptures, as it is written in Daniel's writings. And as you obey what the Scriptures are saying, then you're going to repent. You will then be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And that will be for the full pardon and forgiveness of all of your sins that you have repented of. And then the Lord will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The only thing that's going to stop that is you. If you want this, you can have this. He has made it available. It's a matter of you getting yourself into a believing mode. But you will not let anything turn you right or left or cause you to go backwards. As it is written, you put your hand in the plow, you get started on this thing going forward. Nobody plows backwards, you plow forwards. And as you begin to do so, it said if you look back, then that's it. The brakes come on, and you are not fit. God, you're not in any kind of shape for God to do anything more with you. It is you that applies the brakes. So it's very important that we show a faith, a belief towards him. Is it not written? Uh, it's impossible to please God without faith. As you begin to use your God-given faith, and you begin to come unto him, and recognizing that he is the door, and his name is Jesus, his name above every name, and that you enter in through that door, 
by faith because you're walking by faith. You're believing by faith. And as you do so, then you begin, as the Scripture admonishes you, warns you, teaches you, directs you, and tutors you to repent, and you do so. For Jesus said, if you don't, you will perish. So you definitely want to repent. You definitely want to tell God that you are sorry for the sinful lifestyle that you've been living and that you want to turn away from that lifestyle and get a change in your pattern of thinking, thus a change in your pattern of lifestyle. And you begin to acquire the life that the Lord ordains for people who will love Him and live for Him. And so then you go on to be baptized. Very important. Baptism is not some kind of window dressing, some kind of if you want to. Some people believe that the only reason you get baptized, that's how you join the church. That's not what the Bible teaches. We're not talking about uh, being concerned about getting your name on some earthly membership role. We want our name to be on heaven's role. You want it to be said of you that you were born in Zion. You were born again in the church because Jesus said, if you, he said, you must be born again. And he said, if you're not born again, then you're not going to see or enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, we got people goes all over town and they want to talk to people about the kingdom and don't even know what it is. And that's a sad thing. Many times we try to tell them what the Bible teaches that the kingdom of God is, that it is not carnal and natural things or built on human reasoning, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. To receive the Holy Ghost and after you've repented, after you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the full pardon of your sins, for it is written, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not, well, then they don't go on to be baptized, and the book said they shall be damned. So you have one thing on one hand and one thing on the other. It's crystal clear, and you make your choice. You choose to walk by faith, and do believe on him as the scripture has said you need to know what you're believing you need to know how to believe in Jesus Christ it's not done any old way slipshod make it up as you go along impromptu not at all you're not ad-libbing here this is the word of God and you believe on it because it's chapter and verse gave a young man chapter and verse on fashion this morning he had three buttons buttoned I said unbutton the bottom button of your jacket I said, you don't leave that button. He said, why? And I thought later I should have said, well, because 3 minus 1 is 2. You just leave two buttons done. That's, that's what I should have told him, right? I told him that it was, it was chapter and verse of fashion. All right? Everybody said, praise the Lord. Well, okay, man does come to certain distinctions in the natural world. I did tell him 2 and 2 is 4, and that's why. So there are some things that are absolutes, no matter what anybody wants to argue. But most importantly, I don't care if you wind up with your third button button. What I do care about is that you believe on Jesus according to chapter and verse. Not any old way, but according to chapter and verse. Because it's going to, it's what you're believing it and doing what it says is what's going to get your sins completely forgiven. 1 Timothy chapter 5 tells you that some men's sins are open going on beforehand unto judgment, while others follow after. You want to get business taken care of now. You don't want to leave it for later. And I want you to understand that Jesus made it 
crystal clear that when you get born again, that is when you repent, you get baptized in Jesus' name, that's born of water, and when you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's being born again of the Spirit, and that places you in the body of Christ the church of the living spirit and that taking place in your life. Your sins, the Bible said, are sent away and they are remembered no more. Because you submitted to water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are fully pardoned, sent away, and remembered no more. That's a very important thing for you to take care of now right now. It does not need to be put off and procrastinated over and one day I'll get to it. This is the thing you want to get to right now. Now. Everybody said amen. And Jesus said, look, he said, you don't buy a candle to put it under a bushel basket or under a bed. He's telling you that when you come into the church, that you are a part of that city that's set upon the top of the hill. You are a part of what is the light of the world. You are not to hide this at all. We're not to hide the truth. Psalm 40 and verse 10, he said, I have not hid thy righteousness. Let us remember that there is a righteousness of God. There is a right way to doing things. And everybody said amen. We, want, we don't want to hide the righteousness of God. We want to be thankful for it, appreciative of it. We want to set it out there, he said. Get it on top of the table, on the candlestick, so everybody in the room can have the light and see what direction to go. This is not anything to hide. Let's give God a big hand. People who get their sins forgiven in water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and become a part of the body of Christ, having been baptized and then filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, people then don't have anything to hide. Everything's been taken care of. You don't have to look over your shoulder anymore. You don't have to worry about something running you down. I was telling one of the young men that the Scripture said, be sure your sins will find you out. Sin is vicious. You'll think that you're, you know what the Indians did to the Calvary years ago? They would act like they were running. They'd get on their little painted ponies and they'd beat it down the road through the desert and the mountains and everything. And the Calvary, duh, they'd be running after them, riding after them as fast as they can. And all of a sudden, they'd get right down in a valley with mountains on both sides and the Indians would turn back around and the Calvary would go, uh-oh, because up in the mountains were Indians and coming up behind them were Indians. Let me tell you, that's how sin is. You don't take care of business one of these days. Sin turns on you and sin comes after you like a lion, like a raging lion and it's crouched and ready to spring at you. It leads you into a trap. You think you're in control. You think you're headed in the right direction but sin has a way of turning on you and your sin will find you out. There will be no no place to hide from sin. There will be no place to hide from the vengeance that will come your way. So the thing you want to do is get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and take care of the sin. 
The power of God came on Samson and he rent the lion in two. God can take care of the sin in your life. He's the sin bearer. The sin bearer. He can bear what you cannot. He knows how to take care of that. He provided a way to take care of that. There are people that would hide the righteousness of the Lord. Is it not written in your Bible that Jesus said, you have the key? And he said, you don't use it, and you hinder others from using it. There are people that hide this, and then they hide it from others. They won't obey it themselves, and consequently they cause others to trip and stumble and fall. It's very important to realize that when you come, and you make, that's why I tell people, you make a good repentance. You make a heartfelt repentance, and, and uh, you, you mean business with God. And, it, and it's not a show. The guy that came to make the show, the Bible said he went away unjustified. But the one that wouldn't even lift up his eyes so much and, and begin to say, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. The other guy's standing over there bragging how great he is. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know. But it was the guy that wouldn't even lift up his eyes so much as to heaven. Was weighted down with his sinful life, and he just said, "Have mercy on me, Lord. I'm a sinner." He coughed. I'm a sinner. He wasn't trying to present himself like many did, standing around in certain posturous ways, trying to make everybody believe they were just so blessed and so holy. When all the time there was so much hatred in their heart, hatred in their life, so much bitterness and so much jealousy, so much foul play and riotous living, and things that are done in secret and hidden. But I tell you that they're not going to stay secret and hidden. It's going to get shouted from the rooftop. It's going to be revealed. Nothing is going to be able to remain hidden. So a person who's involved in trying to hide things is a person that is doing something that is completely vain or worthless or useless. I don't care where you... God said in one place, I believe it was Amos chapter 9, he said, though you were to put it in the bottom of the sea, he said, I will command the serpent and he will bite. Let me tell you, my God is not going to leave one stone on turn but the good thing is if you come to him and you come for his salvation he'll he'll keep every stone turned and thrown out it'll be a good thing for you because he's going to take care of the mess he's going to find all the sin in the dirt and he's going to wash it away in his precious blood he will save you to the uttermost amen You know, one of the fears that, a healthy fear that doctors have is when they operate on cancer, somebody with cancer, they want to uh, be able to get it all. And so sometimes they have to take a little extra all around it because they want to get it all. And unfortunately, we have seen people in this world who are not abiding according to what God says, and that cancer spreads. And it travels through the highways of the body. And it pops up in another organ or another place in the body. Let me tell you something. My God gets it all. He don't leave anything behind. No residue. No little something to travel through your system. And 30 years later, you wake up all of a sudden and and you're all riddled and full of sin and all eat up with it, my friend. No, no, no. One man said he was involved with pornography because he said, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for years, but I'm just waiting on my deliverance. Everybody said lame. 
Yes, that's very lame. Let me tell you, that's not the way that God operates. God delivers people. God saves people. God pulls you out of the horrible pit. God pulls you out of the mess. God cuts off the, the ruling factor in your flesh of that enemy. He gets rid of that for you. When you obey his plan, when you believe on him, as the scripture has said, he roots out rebellion, disobedience. He gets rid of all the things that trip you up and tie you up and confuse your minds. Jesus said when you get in this body of Christ, he said you got nothing to hide is what he's teaching. You got nothing to hide. You're a part of a group of people that are blood washed. People that know how to every day repent and every day overcome. Every day put it under the blood. Every day go forward. That You know, it's not uh, I punch somebody and say I'm sorry and then turn around the next day and punch them again. No, that is not repentance. Repentance means that you turn away from it and you're not going to be involved with it anymore. God is not weak. His grace is not weak. You want to believe in God's strength and you want to ask him to put his strength in you and you continue to fight the good fight of faith. You continue on in the battle. Everybody said amen. Jesus said, we're not going to, what you're going to get, we're not going to hide that. We're not shoving that under a bushel basket under a bed. We're not going to, we're going to have that right out. We're not going to hold that in unrighteousness according to the book of Romans there are those that hold the truth in unrighteousness we're not going to wrap this up like the fellow did giving it to him and trusting him and wanting him to go forth and do the right thing with it no he wrapped it up and in the Old Testament I believe Micah said the same thing they wrap it up you know and then we dig the hole we invest in the earth we're in, in tune with the earth we're in step with the world and the worldly way of doing and we hide that which God gave us and trusted us with and put it down there and then call God, you know, and make all kinds of excuses and all the, and I knew you were hard and I knew you would demand, I knew you were disciplined, I knew you were going to come around and check and I was afraid. So I hit it in the earth. Well, that was a really dumb thing to do. That's a silly thing to do. That's not what you do. Oh, no, you take what God gives, you don't hide it. You don't invest it in this earth. You don't live for the things of this world. You live for the living God. You want to take what God gives you and use it for what he gave it to you for. And you got to be wise enough to say, God, why have you given all this to me? What have you given this to me for? Let me sit down and be taught. Let me listen. Because you know what, God, I got nothing to hide. I got nice. It's all been cleaned out. He said, clean up the inside of the cup first. Then we'll work on the platter. He said, let's get in there and let's take a nice clean cloth and let's wipe that out and clean it up real good. You want to let the blood of the lamb wash you thoroughly and completely so that every last living sin is taken care of and so that you can stand with him on the rock and you can be on the top of this thing on top of all of the 
the world is all beneath your feet. You're on top of the mountain. You're on that city that's set on the hill and you're letting your light shine. You got nothing to hide. I'm not going to hide having the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I'm not going to hide the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to baptize in that name. I am not going to hide holiness. I'm going to try to live it in a balanced way and satisfy the scriptures. I'm not going to hide thy righteousness. Nothing to hide. Got nothing to hide. I'm not ashamed, Romans 1 and 16 said, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People hide or people are ashamed. Are we going to deliver it in wisdom? Yes. In compassion, most definitely. But we're not going to hide it. We're going to let the light be seated. I was recently told, much to my dismay, that uh, a <clears throat> gentleman that baptized, new guy, brand new guy, older, you know, in his 20s when he got baptized in Jesus' name, he filled with the Holy Ghost. He was a young man. He was in the church. I mean, by that, I mean he attended the church. I should say that, church house. He was brought, he came, and he got away from it. Many years went by, and he did many, many things and involved himself in many, many things. And uh, he got married, and uh, things weren't looking too good. So he, his wife and he agreed we should go to church. And she told him what her background was, and he said, ain't no way. <laughs> you know, I can't go do that. No way. I'm not going that kind of situation. And uh, so he, he named a certain type of nominal outfit and they went there and they sat there and he just was uncomfortable and he said you know he said this isn't right this is not it and he they went out and they hung around for a couple of weeks and talked about it thought about it. finally he gave it up he said I need to go to the church that I was went to when I was a child he said well, I need to take you there that's where we need to go and he said when they went in the church house and sat in the service he said he just fit like a glove this is it. This is this is right. And uh, so he got baptized in Jesus' name as she did. They both received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And their marriage cemented. God healed their son of autism. So many wonderful things begin to take place in their lives. And uh, he said that, <clears throat> you know, lots of times people have a babysitter and, and uh, they would have from time to time a babysitter, maybe switch another babysitter, whatever, and busy lives and three children. And so, uh, and I think homeschooling on top of that. So uh, they had this individual, and I think she was probably from Australia, and she babysat and helped, maybe did a little more than just babysitting, helped around the house. And so uh, he would always witness to them. And so he was so on fire and so brand new in the Lord. He was just, uh, he, he, nobody was a stranger. He was going to tell everybody. And so he began to teach this woman a Bible study. And uh, one day the, the pastor said, we're having an evangelist come in, and we need a place for him to stay while he's here preaching. So the young man said oh there's room in my house and so they put the evangelist over there and so one night uh off night he was talking to the to the babysitter and uh again about the lord and he had conveyed to her about repenting and being baptized in the name of jesus christ and receiving the gift of the holy ghost with the evidence the bible evidence initial bible evidence of speaking with other tongues and languages as the spirit of god gave the utterance and she balked at that and so he had been trying to show her the scriptures, and there it is, and look what happened with all the others and, and how great it is. And, and uh, she just kept 
hitting a wall there. And so the evangelist was there, and he came and sat down and there in the living room. And, and so the young man in the Lord said, he said, hey, he said, you know, uh, I've been teaching this young lady uh, Bible study and uh, trying to show her the truth of the scriptures. And said, uh, he looked at the young lady and he said, if you have any questions, just ask him because he's the evangelist here. He's the evangelist. You, you, you can ask him. Feel free to ask him. He'll answer all your questions. In other words, he was saying, I'm, I know that I'm relatively new in the Lord, and, and I, 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 I'm not getting past this point with you, so surely he can take care of that. And so the evangelist looked at him. He said, well, brother, and he told him, he said, you know, he said, she keeps hitting a wall at, at receiving the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And, and so he said, so you, you, you teach her and show her uh, that that's right. And so he said, well, brother, he said, I know this is probably going to upset you. He said, but I don't believe that. He said, I think you just need to live a good life. If you have mentally now picked yourself up off the floor, you know, and I said, this guy is supposed to be a part of the overall body of Christ, and he is at this church preaching. See me like the Bible said something about know them that labor among you. Now, you see, I'm not going to let somebody like that in this pulpit. I want chapter and verse. I want the sheep fed correctly. I don't want you on an unhealthy diet. I don't want you getting something full of worms and mold and it's going to get in your system and travel all through your spiritual system and begin to cause rot and decay and cancer and so on and so forth. Oh, no. You know what? I'm not going to hide this. This righteousness of God belongs right out on top. It belongs where everybody can see it. And I don't want to be a part of anybody that's trying to hide it or, or snuff it out or diminish it. Some, well, put it under the bushel bag. That's a little bit too bright. Doesn't that sound like what they said to Moses when he come down out of the mountain after being with God? Ooh, put a veil over that. Hide that. We can't stand to look at that. Oh, I guess they couldn't because they had all that sin in their lives. They told Jesus, how come you don't show yourself openly and they did it because they didn't believe in him his own brethren people that are supposed to be close to him weren't behind him weren't really believing in him I want you to understand when Pilate got Jesus Christ and Jesus said hey I spoke openly in the temple in the synagogue in front of the whole bunch he said go ask them what I said I got nothing to hide nothing to hide Yeah, some people, unfortunately, they do have something to hide. <clears throat> because 1 Timothy, as I said, chapter 5, said some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. And some men will follow after. Some people have a lot to hide. And some people are looking to hide. But I've got a place to go because Jesus went to Calvary and made a place for me. I've got a place to go. I've, I've got nothing to hide. You can have a place to go beyond this life, and you can have it such that you have nothing to hide. You don't have to worry about They told a story about a, a boy. He was probably about six or seven years old, and he'd been out playing in the woods, and on his way home, coming towards his house, the adults stepped outside, and when they did, they saw that a panther had followed the boy all the way home, softly treading behind him. 
panther was almost as big as the little boy, softly walking behind him. And when they stepped out of the house, the panther darted into the, into the woods. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you about sin and that it's going to find you out. It's going to follow you home. It's going to be right there waiting for you in the judgment. And the only thing that's going to make that booger flee is the name of Jesus Christ that was preached this morning. The only thing that's going to make that panther of sin jump back into the woods of this world is the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the authority that is in that name, the blood that is in that name. But you see, the Bible teaches in Revelation, actually, the last book of the New Testament, last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 6, listen to verse 16. Now this is, this chapter, if you want to know where the first resurrection takes place, this is right where it takes place right here, okay? You see a big difference in the opening of the seals and what takes place. In one minute you've got people crying out and being told, relax, here's a white robe, linen robe of righteousness, you be cool, you're under the altar, relax. Vengeance is coming, and it belongs to God. And uh, what the Bible said that they, uh, the next thing, he said, I beheld, and he opened the sixth seal, and look what happens. There was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is opened together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their place or places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves. They hid. They hid. They had a lot to hide. They had to pull all that baggage of sin. They had to get their little cart rope with their cart loaded down with sin, and they had to go find themselves a place to hide. That's what your Bible said right there. But you know what they begin to say? Their fear was so great as they begin to hide themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us. Hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Seems like somebody preached here just recently that we're not appointed to wrath. Or oh, you're going to get plenty of tribulation in your life. Just start praying for patience and you'll get tribulation. Hello, that's in the Bible. You might want to pray with that understanding about that. But Revelation chapter 20 in subject matter, verse 11, he said, I saw a great white throne and him, one, him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was no Play, and there was found no place for them. You're talking about no place to hide. It's so much better that you have nothing to hide. Because if you got nothing to hide, then you don't need to hide, do you? But people who have not yet been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and walked in His righteousness continually all the days of their life. They got reason to hide. They got reason to fear. They're going to call for the rocks to fall them. Why not let the water cover you in Jesus' name, baptism, and bury that old man, bury that old nature, bury that carnal human reasoning thinking that says you just have to live a good life. What's good? What's the standard for that? 
that? Where did you dream that up? What chapter and verse you got? None, zip, zil, snada. You want the book, you want the whole book, and nothing but the book, and it's not demanding, it's not grievous, it's not difficult. It's the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. So you want to be among that group that's going to dance around his throne. Blood washed, blood bought from everything that heaven sent to do it. You want to be robed in that linen robe of righteousness. You want to be among them that keep the faith and the patience and be among the saints and the royal priesthood and the chosen generation. You want to be God's elect. You want to be among them so you can be with them and have nothing to hide. Ain't nothing in their closet. There's nothing behind some remote wall. and got anything under the rug or under the bed. There's nothing. The light is out. You're shining brightly. The righteousness of God to a lost and a dying world. Let's lift our hearts with our hands together. Thank you, Jesus Christ. And I give you praise because you make it so that we have nothing to hide. All of our sins are taken care of, having gone on beforehand to the judgment. All taken care of. I want to thank you for that clear conscience. I want to thank you, dear God, for washing me thoroughly, completely clean by the blood that is in your name. I want to thank you, Lord. And I want everybody to realize their opportunity this morning to come unto you. Take that first step of faith. Come repenting. Believing and repenting. If you're believing, you will repent because it's what the Bible's telling you to do and you'll believe it. Repentance is shouting to you to believe. If you say you're believing, then you're going to repent. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ in water is shouting to you, beckoning you, calling you, drawing you. And if you believe, he that believeth and is baptized you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And all your sins will be forgiven, sent away, and remembered no more. And the Lord will then give you the free gift of the Holy Ghost. And as your faith is, so will it be unto you. Place you in the body of Christ. While she sings, let's take a moment to come and gather around. I praise you, Lord. Make me in your image. Wash me white as snow. Purify this heart. 